Hello and welcome to Nature Snippets, a podcast about the natural world, about organisms you may find in your backyard and beyond. I'm Declan McCabe, coming to you from St. Michael's College in Colchester, Vermont. Welcome back, folks. Today we are talking about beavers. Um, Beavers are the largest rodent we have around here and they are pretty amazing animals. As I walk through the natural area with students, I frequently can see trees that have been chewed upon by our beavers and trees that have been felled, trees that over-ambitious beavers tried to fell and failed to fell. And I also see the sticks that they have, they have chewed on the ends and incorporated into their dams. Very cool organisms, and we certainly have them right across the street from campus. So. When we take our walks, I'm, I, I'm certain to try and highlight the dams with people. One of the issues we have had on, on campus in our natural area is that the beavers built a dam as they will do, and they backed up the water into one of the areas, and they flooded one of our favorite trails. And so Jeff Vincent, who is our busiest volunteer in terms of keeping our trails open, noticed this problem and promptly relocated the trail to higher ground So we've moved one of our trails in response to beaver flooding. The beavers in the meantime have done what beavers do. They are finished with that dam, they have exhausted the wood supply and they've moved on. And so the water level has come back down and we've decided to keep the trail on higher ground. And the cool side effect of that is now we have this former trail, we know when it was last cut and that former trail now becomes a patch where we can study succession in action. So we know that the trails were cut through an area that had not been cut. 2018 was the first year that the area was becoming vegetated with natural vegetation after corn removal. And so we know that the trail was cut in 2018. And we know that the beavers flooded the trail in 2020. We know that the old trail was abandoned in 2021. And so now we have a piece of, you know, a strip of vegetation that was cut in 21. And that becomes a successional study for students. So, you know, you can look at your beavers as, as flooding your trails and be upset about it, or you can find out what the silver lining is. One of our guys on facilities very nicely offered to fix our beaver problem for us because he is an avid hunter and trapper. And I looked at him and said, what problem? <laughs> so there you go. Um, I realized that if the beavers are flooding your backyard and the water is heading for your house, you may feel very differently about it. I, I, I do understand that. But in a natural area of 365 acres of mostly floodplain, we can let the beavers do what the beavers want to do. And so that's what we are doing. Anyway, I did write an essay about these little hairy beasties a while back, and I'm going to read that one for now. This was for the outside story in uh, Northern Woodlands. So, beavers, landscape engineers. When my sisters visited from Ireland, I tried to play tour guide, but I'm occasionally at a loss for what to do next. During a visit in the late 1990s, my sister Grace said that she'd love to see a beaver. At that time, I lived close to beaver ponds and often would quietly wait for the beavers and I would see them. Alas, the rodents failed to appear when Grace's visit was happening and although she was able to see their engineering work, she was not able to see an actual beaver. I was disappointed for her, but not surprised. Many of my own encounters ended with at most a fleeting glimpse and a loud slap of a leathery tail on the water. When I returned to the pond years later, 
The beavers had departed, but the dam remained. Seven feet tall and made of sticks and mud, the dam had an upstream arch that spanned more than 50 feet of stream valley. According to Tom Wessel's book, Reading the Forested Landscape, all beaver dams can last for decades. Wessels points out that the beavers engineer more than mere dams, however. Beavers are the only animals, he says, other than humans, who create entirely new ecosystems for their own use. And often, like humans, once they have depleted the area's resources, they will abandon their holdings and move on. So, we see this played out on our landscape all the time at St. Mike's and where I used to live up in Westford. Beyond dams and lodges, beavers sometimes dig canals to aid their movement, as well as to float saplings and limbs to stock their underwater larders. Some tree species die after being submerged in beaver-made ponds, becoming habitat for woodpeckers and other wildlife. Some favorite tree species, such as big-toothed aspen, re-sprout from their stumps, producing early successional habitat and multiple delectable stems for beavers to eat. Eventually, when the beavers exhaust their food supply of food trees, within easy distance of their ponds, they seek out new wetlands. In their wake, they leave an enriched ecosystem that benefits other wildlife. In areas where beavers can resettle along the same water system, their ponds can serve as aquatic habitats for decades. Well-established beaver populations provide a complex combination of active ponds, abandoned ponds, and beaver meadows in various phases of succession. This creates a diverse set of habitats that increases biological diversity across the landscape. Abandoned beaver ponds accumulate silt and fallen leaves, forming rich soil that eventually fills the pond basin. Light from the canopy gap and well-watered rich soil supports lush communities of grasses and wildflowers called beaver meadows, which stores an abundance of carbon. This soil continues to build as grasses grow, live and die. Beaver meadows may remain open for decades, even if the beavers don't reflood the area, due to, in part, a lack of mycorrhizae necessary for tree colonization. Another important physical impact on the landscape is the animal's effect on groundwater. Beaver ponds are far deeper than undammed streams, and the pond water saturates the surrounding soil. This raises the groundwater table for some distance around the pond. The pond, together with the higher water table, stores a huge volume of water. During dry spells, water seeps from the pond and the riparian water table to sustain stream flow. Rainstorms that might otherwise have quickly scoured and eroded stream banks recharge the pond and the water table. Flooding from small storms is contained by the combined water storage capacity and erosion caused by larger storms is reduced. I was really surprised to learn that beavers also live and engineer salt marshes. In his study of beavers in Washington state, Gregory Hood found the animals constructing dams in tidal marshes that were submerged completely during high tide but retained water as the tide went out. These dam marshes provide far more habitat for juvenile fish than similar marshes lacking beaver dams. Beavers sometimes pay a high price for their marine existence, however. In 2019 article by Ben Goldfarb, author of the popular book about beavers called Eager, he described beavers suffering and dying from salt intoxication after consuming too much seawater. Although my sister and I didn't see beavers during our rambles in Vermont, Grace may now have some hope for beaver sightings closer to home. In Scotland, just across the water from where I grew up, 
The reintroduction of beavers happened starting in 2009 and has resulted in increased lake levels, higher retention of organic matter in streams and reduced flooding. In 2016, the Scottish government deemed the reintroduction a success and in 2019 declared beavers a protected species. It seems that the Scottish beavers are having positive impacts, much like their American cousins. So, when I put this out, a few of my family in Ireland asked me that I think there would ever be an introduction of beavers in Ireland. And there will not be, I suspect, unless it's done illegally. And the reason for that is beavers are not native to Ireland, whereas they are native to Scotland and England. And the reason for that is because when the glaciers retreated from the British Isles, there were land bridges that connected both Ireland and England, and then England was connected in turn across to France. And so a lot of the European fauna and flora made it across those land bridges, and England being closer to the continent got a lot of stuff, and Ireland being a little farther, you know, during this migration process, got less stuff. The land bridges disappeared as sea level rose following the melting of the glaciers. And during that process, there was an area um, between England and Brittany that contained a whole little whole set of, of islands that essentially formed opportunities for things to leapfrog across to England. So England ended up with, you know, many, many more species than Ireland ended up with. And, you know, Europe, of course, has more species again. So Ireland ended, ended up never having beavers and, and therefore probably never will. I'm excited to see that the beavers have moved on from the flooded trail down the hill, but they are still there and they are migrating across the landscape as beavers do. So hope you have fun watching the beavers where you are. And if you really want to see one, find an active dam and pull up a chair and just wait a while. They will come eventually if you are patient and still. And once they notice you, they will disappear just as quickly as they came. So, have fun with the beavers. Nature Snippets is recorded in the Media Creation Studio at St. Michael's College with technical support from Patrick Bohan and his student intern, Peyton Edwards. Thank you so very much for listening, folks. I will be back again in a couple of weeks with another episode. If you have liked what you heard, by all means, subscribe. And if you are on Apple Podcasts on an iPhone, that will be the little plus symbol that they have put into the interface.